<clears throat> Good evening. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for coming out tonight, to uh, taking your time out of, uh, of, of your day, of your time, to be here with us, to worship God and the truth and the spirit, a time that we can come away from our studies or our work or our lives and we can focus on God and focus on his will for our lives and focus on his word and studying his word so that we can improve our spiritual life, that we can continue to be better Christians in the future than we have in the past. And I hope that the things that we study tonight will, will, will edify you, will benefit you, and you'll be blessed by being here tonight studying God's Word. We are still doing our, our chapter studies in the book of John. We are in John chapter 8. Uh, Brother Aaron last week did the first part of chapter 8, and I'm going to finish up chapter 8 uh, tonight to uh, talk, uh, talk about uh, some things. And I say it's an exciting chapter for every chapter, and, and this is another exciting chapter, that there's things that God is saying or things that Jesus is saying that are just should just provoke us to just be happy or say that's right or the truth is there in this chapter and he's speaking to these Jews and he's speaking to the Pharisees there and laying it out plainly and it's really interesting to see their reactions and then our reactions on those opposite ends of time there and brother Aaron covered that that first part of uh, John chapter 8 going over the where uh, where he has gone down to Jerusalem he was in the temple and the Pharisees there the, they brought that woman who was caught in adultery in the very act they say, and they say that Moses' law said that we should stone her, and then Jesus pretty much flip, flips it back on him and says, whoever is without sin, because she sinned, whoever is without sin casts the first stone. And none of them and none of us could do that, because they all had sin. So, so they left, and then Jesus said, well, where are your accusers? And they all left, and he's, there's like no one left. It's like, well, well, neither do I go and sin no more. And Aaron brought out a great point how Jesus points out to that woman, go, but sin no more. And that's the same kind of message for us. And if we get that forgiveness of Jesus or that forgiveness of God, that we should take that and then go sin no more and strive to live that godly life. And then Jesus is, 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 is kind of going through that teaching there and he's teaching more. We're going to recap a tiny bit more of what Aaron covered before we get into John chapter 8, verse 30. But first off, I wanted to put my map back up. I don't really need this map tonight because if you've already read John chapter 8, you can see I'm not really doing a, a location thing, but I knew some of you were looking for it and you was like, I hope his map is up. So I've got the map up. He's actually saying in the first part of John chapter 8, if you recall from Brother Aaron's lesson that he went to the Mount of, of Olives there, that's in Jerusalem or kind of on the east side of, of, of Jerusalem there. And then he's gone in, in the temple. So he's at Jerusalem. So it's not... Like, I don't have any need for it, but I just, he is here in Jerusalem, but I knew some of you really wanted my map up, so there it is. But, so he's in Jerusalem, that's where he's doing this teaching, that's where he's doing this, uh, this preaching there to those Jews there, to those Pharisees there in Jerusalem. John chapter 8, verses 30 through 59. John chapter 8, verse 12, if you recall what Aaron did, or what Aaron spoke on last week, John chapter 8, verse 12 says, And then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus there kind of really says some things quite plainly. And, and, and if you look, they don't like it. They see, says things that are very clear to us, and they don't appreciate what he's saying here. But he is saying that I am the light of the world. And then he's saying, he, he went over how he's like, well, you bear record or you're a witness of, of yourself. And he's like, no, there's one who bears record of me, one who is my witness, and that's God. If you want to know where my authority comes from or who is going to be like, oh, no, this guy's legit. He's good. Look up because it's God. 
and I'll and I should have mentioned that I'm going to be doing this from the King James version and I was trying to break some of these other verses that we're going to go through down and kind of shorten them up and I didn't so we're going to go through we're going to read some in the Bible so if you have a Bible there I encourage you to make sure and have it handy make sure and have it ready as we're going to turn to some other books and as we study the rest of John chapter 8 but keep in mind Jesus there says I am the light of the world if you follow me you're not going to walk in darkness and he continues this type of thought throughout this chapter here if you recall, he went through those things. And then in John chapter 8, verse 28, John chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but is of my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. So as he was going through these things, he was like, when you lift up the Son of Man, when you crucify the Son of Man, when that happens, you're going to know who I am. There's not going to be any doubt then. You're going to know. And, and it says that my Father's with me. The Father's taught me these things, and I'm speaking these things because that's what the Father has sent me to do. And I love this saying that where it says in verse 28, where it says, I do always the things that please him. You know, Jesus was here for us. He was here to pay that price on the cross, but everything that we read about Jesus did was pleasing to God, all of it. And the great thing that Aaron left off there was when he said these words, many, many of those Jews there believed on him, and that's great. They believed on, on him, so Jesus kind of attaches that, him to those people, and then he starts to teach those that believed on him. Because in John chapter 8, verse 31, the Bible says, Then said Jesus to those Jews, <clears throat> excuse me, which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. <clears throat> so Jesus there is, <clears throat> is talking to those that believed on him, and he's saying, All right, you believe on me. Here's what you need to do. You need to continue in my word. And that word continue means abide or it means to stay. He said, if you believe on me, stay in my word, stay in what I'm saying. And guess what? You're going to be my disciples. And if you are my disciples, then you're going to know the truth. And guess what the truth does? The truth will set you free. Free from what? We're going to get to that in just a moment. He explains what he's talking about there. But I think that's great where it says, if you continue in my word, you're going to be good. If you stay in my word, if you abide in my word, you're going to be my disciples, which we should strive for as well today. And it says that if you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And I wanted to recap some in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, where John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is truth, pure truth. Everything that he does, everything that he says, everything that he teaches is truth. And that's what he's saying to them. If you are my disciples and you continue my word, you continue in the things that I am saying to you, then you're going to know truth because Jesus is truth. It says here that this is the word made flesh, full of grace and truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. You can't get to the Father without the truth. Jesus is the truth. His word is the truth. And that's what he's telling these people here in John chapter 8. <clears throat> John chapter 8, verse 33, verse 33 through 35, the Bible says, Then answered him, <clears throat> verse 32, and he says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. <clears throat> Verse 33, they answered him, sorry, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. 
How sayest thou, ye shall, ye, ye shall be made free? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever, or, or, or the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So here they answered him because as what's going, as what's happened through several of these beginning chapters in John, that they kind of go straight to the physical, like the woman on the well. So he went straight to water in the well and, and, and their mind just kind of goes towards that where Jesus kind of speaking some spiritual things to them. And they said, well, we're, we're Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's descendants is what he's saying. We've never been in bondage to anyone. We've never been slaves. We're the descendants of Abraham. And, they say, and you're saying you're going to make us free? We are free is what they say. They didn't see the need for freedom. They say we're Abraham's children. And then Jesus says very plainly, if you commit sin, you are a servant of sin. And if you recall my first lesson on my, my, my attitude adjustments, the relationship that we should have, the attitude adjustment on our relationship with God and his son Jesus Christ is a master-slave relationship. That word there, servant of sin, that slave. He said if you commit sin, you are a slave to sin. It says, but the son is always in the house. The son has that freedom. It said, and the son, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed, free from sin. Not that they'll never commit sin, but Jesus Christ can wash away those sins. And that's what he's teaching us here. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, please. Romans chapter 6, if you have a, a Bible there with you, Romans chapter 6. That many of these things in John chapter 8 hit on Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says... What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism in the death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Verse 10, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but, he that he, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from, from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of of righteousness. So you see that here in Romans chapter 6, it's, it's, Paul here is teaching the same thing that Jesus is, is teaching these people here in John 8. That if you are committing sin, then you are a slave of sin. And Jesus is like, I'm telling you how to become free from that sin. And it's me. It's the truth. It's the way. Jesus' word here in, 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 in Romans chapter 6, it says that 
if you have been buried with them in baptism and arise to walk in newness of life, that you are freed from that sin. You are freed from that death so that you can walk in newness of life with Jesus Christ. And it's a master-slave relationship, as you recall from that study. Now here it says that if you are dead, you will be freed from sin. And that's the same for us today. Those of us that go down in that water and come up and become children of God, that become Christians, are not servants of sin anymore. We're servants of righteousness. And that's through Jesus Christ's death. And here is the beginning in my mind of this teaching here, John chapter 8, that I am that way. I can free you from that sin. And I want us to point out that today, those of us that believe and are baptized have that same freedom that Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 8. Continuing on in John chapter 8, verse 37, the Bible says, I know that you're Abraham's seed. This is Jesus speaking to them now and answering them, so to speak. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father. And you do that which you have seen with your father. And we're going to expound on verse 38 here just a little bit. So hold on to that thought. Verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, if you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham, or Abraham did not do this. So they're holding Abraham way high. And, and, and we, we do that some too. Abraham was a, a, a great man of God. He's there in Hebrews chapter 11, which I'm getting ahead of myself because I've got that on my next slide. But they've got Abraham right here, and they're, they're, not, they're using Abraham. We are Abraham's seed. Abraham is our father and all these things. So Jesus says, fine. You want to keep on going and playing the Abraham cards, so to speak. He said, if you were the children of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. Saying that if, if, if you were the children of Abraham, you would not be seeking to kill me because I'm speaking truth and Abraham loved truth. So it says there, you would do the works of Abraham. But what are the works of Abraham? Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, the Bible says, By faith, when he was called, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham obeyed God. And there's more to it than that. But Jesus is telling them, if you abide in my word, if you do these things, if you obey me, then you will have that freedom here. The works of Abraham is that Abraham obeyed God. Abraham was an obedient person. That when God told him to to do something, he got out of that country and he went. So the works of Abraham, to me, is, is obedience. And that's what he's saying there. If you guys are the children of Abraham, guess what? You would love me. You would do the things that I'm telling you to do. You would love the truth that I am in speaking to you, and you would obey those things. That's the work of Abraham. <clears throat> Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 29. Galatians chapter 3 really expounds on what's being talked about here because they're talking about Abraham. Abraham is our father, and they are the seed of Abraham. They're the descendants of Abraham, but that's got a, a, a different meaning, and they weren't quite understanding that. But if you turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, we'll see what that means for us today. Because Jesus there was saying, I know that you are the seed of Abraham. I know you are the, the descendants of Abraham. But if you really were the children of Abraham, you would obey and you would be, believe me. And here is what the true children of Abraham are. In Galatians chapter 3, 
beginning of verse 6. And we're not going to read all the way through 29. We're actually going to skip and go from verse 9 to 19. But anyways, in Galatians chapter 3, beginning of verse 6, the Bible says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now skipping down to verse 19, there the Bible says, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. That seed that should come to whom the promise was made, that's Jesus. When Jesus came, verse 20, Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise of faith of Je- faith by excuse me, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Verse twenty. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Galatians really makes that, to me it makes it very clear. The law was perfect. It was the people that couldn't keep, keep the law. And then Jesus came, that seed who the promise was made. And those who are faithful, those who have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, are, are, are now heirs, and they are the children of, of Abraham. So to me, talking about these, these Jews keep bringing up, we are children of Abraham, we are children of Abraham. Those that believe in Jesus Christ and those that are baptized in Jesus Christ are the true children of Abraham, those that believe the truth and those that obey. John chapter 8, verse 41, the Bible says, Ye do the word, the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. So they're still, there's, it's, it's, a, it's almost like an argument. They're combating. Everything Jesus says, they want to combat. Everything that Jesus brings up, they're going to combat. Abraham is our father. Okay, we'll take it a step higher. God is our father. So they're continuing to say, you are not better than us, Jesus. You cannot top us. We are the children of God, or they are the, the descendants of Abraham. They, we've not been born in, in, in a, a fornication. We know our lineage. We can trace it back to who? To Abraham. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, verse 42, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? I think Aaron mentioned it during one of his John lessons was where the Bible says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. They didn't have ears to hear. Those ears were stopped up. They weren't listening. And Jesus is almost, to, to me, he's kind of like, why, do you, why don't you understand? And you almost just want to go all the way back to those guys and shake them around a little bit. Understand, Jesus is the Son of God. He came from God. So he's saying there that if God is your father, you would love me. If Abraham is your father, you would love me. If you 
listen to your schoolmaster, the law, it points towards Jesus Christ. He's like, I'm here. I'm here now. But he plainly says that they are not listening. They don't have those ears to hear. And he explains why. John chapter 8, verse 44, the Bible says, Ye are of your father the devil, <clears throat> and the lust of your father ye will do. For he was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. So he's saying there, your father is the devil. I mean, that's, that's strong language. I mean, those Jews have got to be, there's probably some frowns on their faces. They are shaking their heads, not wanting to hear what Jesus is saying. He's saying, my father is God, and I know my father, and my father knows me. I'm here to do his will, and everything I do pleases the father. You guys are of the devil. And it says, because you are full of lies. Where the Bible says, if your eye is full of darkness, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. There's no room for light. So here, these people here, these Jews here said, you're of your father, of the devil. So since you are filled up with all these lies, that when I speak truth to you, it doesn't get in. Because there's no more room for truth. And they're not listening because they're full. Like if you have a glass or this bottle and it's completely full, you can't pour any more in there. It's going to be poured out. You need to dump out the bad water and put in the good water. But they're not ready. They're not wanting to do that. Jesus says, since you were of your father, the devil, full of lies and full of non-truth, you're not going to get this truth because you're already full, full of the wrong thing. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, verses 5. 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 5. And the Bible says, And ye know that he was, was a, a manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Speaking of Jesus here. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth. From the beginning, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And we're seeing this verse played out right here in John chapter 8. Jesus is here to, to do these things, to, to crush, to destroy the works of the, of the devil. And he's pretty much having that argument right here. And we see these things. Why? Because these men commit a sin and they are full of sin and full of lies and they're not hearing the word of truth. Continuing in our text in John chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 46 now. And <clears throat> the Bible says, which of you uh, convicts me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? 47, he that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear the not because ye are not of God. So he's still continuing this, he's still continuing this explanation of why they're not hearing him and believing him and why they're not going to. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? So he's saying that who is convicting me of sin? I've done no sin. I've given you truth and you haven't believed it. He said, Those that are of God hear God's word. And they digest God's word and they love God's word and they do God's word. But he said, you guys aren't hearing because you're not of God. And then they said, did we not well say that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil? And it's getting pretty nasty now. Because if you recall some of our previous lessons, you know what they think of the Samaritans. You know that they think them half-breeds and, and, and things like that. So now they're really 
kind of just to punch it home to Jesus and say, did we not say that you're a Samaritan and you have a devil? He's like, you're crazy. You're talking crazy now. Verse 49, the Bible says, Jesus answered, I am not a devil, but I, but I honor my father and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judges. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And see, we know what he's talking about. We know what he means. We get it because we're seeing it here. <clears throat> but these people, they're not getting, they're not understanding. He said, I don't have a devil. I have the Father. The Father is with me. And I'm honoring my Father by teaching and saying all these things. They say, you are showing dishonor. And they say, I don't seek my own glory. And, that, and Aaron covered that at the beginning of this chapter too. So I'm not seeking my own glory. I'm not doing these things for myself. I am coming from God. I am here on behalf of God. And it's saying that if you keep my saying, you shall never uh, 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 see death. Because just like we, we studied Romans chapter 6 and Galatians chapter 3, we can go to some other verses for, 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 the, for that, that um, relatability for us today, how we are saved and we have that hope of eternal life because of Jesus Christ going to the cross and giving his life. He's saying, if you keep my sayings, then you'll never see death because Jesus offers eternal life. And I put these verses up there one more time. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He has come down from God. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. And he's saying, I have the words of eternal life. Just like Peter said, who are we going to go to? Jesus said, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you truth. And they're not hearing it. They're not listening to the truth. John chapter 8, verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? And it's almost, do you not get it? We've been, this is verse 53. We've been talking about the light of the world almost this whole entire chapter. And they say, now we know you're saying that, you, that, that you'll never see, see, see death. Abraham is dead. Are you greater than Abraham? And they're bringing Abraham back up because Abraham was a great figure in that history, in that, in that lineage there. And this is, who are you making yourself out to be? Say, who are you? Who, who, who are you to stand up here and say all these things? Who are you to tell us all these things and try to teach us all these things? Who are you making yourself out to be? <clears throat> so then Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 54, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. So, I mean, Jesus is kind of like, he's not backing down from anything during this, this exchange. He's saying, you're saying that he's your God. I am from him. He is my father and I honor him with everything that I say and everything that I do. He said, yet ye have not known him. There he said, you don't know God. Because if you knew God, you would know me. But I know him. Jesus said, I know God. I know the father. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and he keep and keep his saying. So, I mean, Jesus is pulling no punches when he's talking to these Jews. He said, if I say, I don't know, I'm a liar. Like you, you guys are liars. You're full of liars because you are of your father, the devil. You've got no room for truth. In verse 56, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and, and was glad. I mean, it's coming to a conclusion here in John chapter 8. And Jesus is plainly saying, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. This, they were not happy with that saying. Then in John chapter 8, verse, verse 57, Then the Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, 
And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they then took they up stones to cast they him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by, because his time had not yet come. So then they say, You're not even 50 years old, and you're saying that you've seen Abraham? And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And that was it. That's the last straw. They're ready to kill Jesus now. They're picking up stones because they know exactly what that phrase meant. They knew exactly what those words meant. If you recall from our study in Exodus chapter 3, this is where God is speaking to Moses here. And God is pretty much giving Moses instructions. You're going to go to Egypt and you're going to get my people and you're going to lead them out. You're going to do all these things, Moses, whether you can talk good or not. You're going to get it done because I need it done. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says that Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and I say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. These Jews knew that. They knew that story. They knew and that word I am, that means exist. It means existent. Jesus is basically saying before Abraham was, I existed. And we studied that in John chapter one, that the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it because I was there. Because Jesus Christ is existence. Just like God saying here, you, Moses, you tell him that existence sent you because I existed. I created the world, and before that, I existed. And that's what Jesus is saying there. Jesus is saying, I existed. And that's a powerful saying, and they didn't care for it, and they didn't like it. Because Jesus and the Father are one. And the Bible makes that very clear. And that's who they were speaking to. In conclusion, would you turn with me to John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 13, as we close. 1 John chapter 5. Verses 1 through 13. We've read some of these verses already as we're talking about this book of John here. And I want us to read verses 1 through 13, thinking about what we just studied in John chapter 8, thinking about what Jesus told those people, what he told those Jews, and what that still means for us today. First John chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. Verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son." He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is, is, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, 
and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And that's what Jesus was telling them. If you believe on the name of the Son of God, you have that eternal life. If you believe in, in, in the Son of God and you are his disciple, you have that eternal life. And those that keep his commandments. And these are, these are all things that we should understand and that we should know and that we should do. And if not, we should teach them to other people that Jesus Christ is I am. And Jesus Christ offers that freedom. Jesus Christ is truth. And Jesus Christ is the one that has overcome the world and has that victory. And if you don't have that victory, or if you are not a child of God, don't be like those people we just read about in John chapter 8. Believe in the truth. Believe in the word. Believe in Jesus Christ. And if you believe in Jesus Christ and you wish to be baptized tonight, we have water right here behind me. Just like we read in Romans chapter 6, just like we read in Galatians chapter 3, just like, like we could read in other places, that if you believe and you are baptized, and you can put on Jesus Christ and you could be the, like we talked about those children of Abraham that you can have that promise that you can have that inheritance you could have that eternal life all those things that he was explaining to those Jews that didn't want to hear don't be one of those that doesn't want to hear be that person that hears that Jesus Christ is the one that can save and has that offering of eternal life if you are a child of God and you need the prayers of the church or there's anything that we can help you with we'd ask you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing